Hey, church, how are you? You're better now, aren't you? Way to go, Chase. Um, listen, we're in this fifth part of the series we're talking about God's gift of mercy, and what Chase was just singing about is what this uh, teaching time is going to be focused on today. And so I just want you to hold on to uh, that message about being free when we're going through all the hells of our life. Amen? Because every single one of us, every single one of us uh, goes through things that um, uh, we choose to separate ourselves from God. You and I make that decision. And, and yet God is there to bring us freedom and peace and love and joy and happiness uh, if we would just come and turn toward him. And, and so that's what the song is all about. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we're in the fifth part. Take out your teaching notes. I invite you to fill in a few of these blanks. I'm going to go through them quickly with you. Uh, but I simply want to remind you of the overarching passage of Scripture from Luke chapter 1, verse 78. Uh, read this with me. Read it like you believe it. A new day will dawn on us because our God is loving and merciful. Let's say it one more time like you really believe it this time. A new day will dawn on us because our God is loving and merciful. We've been focusing on this phrase of mercy, God's mercy for our lives. Here's a definition we've been working with. Say it with me. Undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. Today I want to be focusing on this theme. How much you matter to God. How much you matter to God. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 simply says, Jesus speaking, I have come to seek and to save those who are lost. That's why Jesus came. That's why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. So let me pause right here and just ask you to uh, do a moment of reflection. I want you to reflect on that precise moment in your life when you made a decision to turn away from God. If you can't think of one of those, then I want you to be thinking about this. I want you to think about a moment in time in which you have found yourself far away from God. Do you have that in your mind? Let me share a story with you. Uh, many of you have heard uh, a lot about my father. My father... Um, who was also an ordained pastor in the United Methodist Church, and he and I just had uh, so many things in common. Uh, but uh, this is a picture of my mother and father. Um, uh, my mother has been on my mind a lot over these last uh, few days, probably ever since Mother's Day, because on June the 12th, we're going to be uh, celebrating her, uh, the 10th uh, year of her death since she, since she died. And um, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's 10 it's kind of hitting me hard this year, and I've just become really aware of it in my heart, in my mind, in my soul. But one of the great stories about my mother uh, um, is when, and some of you have heard me share this story before, uh, but when I was in um, uh, third grade, I was nine years old, um, we lived in Sarasota, Florida. And uh, my dad was a pastor there, and we, the, the, the county fair was going on, and that was a big deal back then. And so my parents said, we're going to take the family to the county fair with one condition, and that is that we all have to stay together. I have an older brother, two and a half years older than I am, and I have a younger sister. 
I'm known, and my mother, my mother used to call me the precocious child. She also, had, she also had other names for me. And so as soon as we uh, go in and get our tickets and we go in, uh, we, 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 uh, my, my mother said once again, we're all staying together. And by that time, by the last word coming out of her mouth, I was gone. Because <laughs> I wanted to go have a lot of fun, right? There's just so much to do, so many rides to do, so many uh, uh, animals to go see. I mean, I just loved all, all parts of it, uh, especially all the cotton candy. And so I, I, I started running around, and it was a beautiful day, and all of a sudden, the beautiful blue sky turned into gray clouds, and then turned into black clouds, and the wind started picking up, and as the wind picked up, uh, you could see uh, darker clouds rolling in, and then the rain started coming, and the rain started pouring, and the wind was blowing hard, and the lightning was popping all around us. And this precocious nine-year-old boy was not so interested in being alone, but wanted to find mommy and daddy. And they were nowhere to be found. And so I, 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 I finally just say, okay, I'm going to sit right here in the corner so I, I could look outside just in, just in case my mother or father would come uh, looking for me. And I sat there for several minutes, and as I was sitting there, ten minutes go by, and all of a sudden I, I see this woman, and you see that hair of my mother? That was never out of place. And my mother, with newspaper over her head, she looked so ridiculous, came looking for her son. And as soon as I saw her, I I picked up my stuff and I just ran towards her and I gave her a big old hug. We were getting poured on, just rain was pouring, lightning everywhere. And I just said, Mom, thank you. And she said, Son, I love you. And the rest of the day, I spent my time with my mother and father. How much does God care for you? Exactly that way. We may choose to walk away from God. We may choose to run away from God. We may choose to break a covenant with God. We may choose to break a promise with God. God, I promise that I will always be your child. I will always be your friend. And the reality is that we start walking our own ways. And we start living our own way. And we start walking down our own path. So when was the last time, or maybe you're in it right now, that you felt yourself walking away from God, or maybe you're running? Because what God wants you to know above everything else is that you matter to God. You matter. See, there's a misconception The misconception is that people first must get cleaned up before they come into the church. That's false. The reality is that what God wants is for us to be a society, a a people uh, that would welcome people uh, no matter how far they are away from God, no matter how far they are away from Jesus Christ. God says the church is a place where people can come just as they are broken in body, mind, and spirit. And this is a place where you will always hear God say, you matter to me. I love you. I care for you. 
in the, in, in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, there's a, a, a three great stories. I, I love this chapter. I invite you to look at your teaching notes. Maybe you might want to pull out the Bible that you brought with you or the Bible that's right there in front of you. I invite you to do that. I'm just going to quickly retell these stories because there are three stories here about uh, being lost and then being found. The first story comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. It's a story of the, the shepherd who loses a, a, one of his sheep. The second story is from Luke 15, beginning with verse number 8. And it's a story of the woman who's lost a precious coin. And the third story is about uh, a, a man whose son said, Dad, give me all of my inheritance. And he goes off and he squanders it all. Sometimes we call it the prodigal son. So what you need to understand is uh, that the image of the shepherd and the image of the uh, woman and the image of the father in these three stories is the image of God. That's who God is. And we are, the people are, uh, we're the lost sheep, we're the lost coin, and we are uh, the lost son. So let me just quickly sh uh, share the stories for those of you who may not know these stories. The first is the story uh, of, of the lost sheep. And we're told in the scripture uh, that there, there's, a, there's a shepherd, and, and he, every day he takes the sheep out of the sheep pen and goes out into the fields uh, for his sheep uh, to graze, and then every night he brings the sheep back into the, into the sheep pen. Now, the sheep pen is not inside the city walls. It's just outside the city walls, but it has walls uh, that will protect, it, uh, protect the sheep from all of the predatory animals around. And there are several shepherds that put all of their, their sheep in there, so it's not just one shepherd. It's a lot of shepherds and a lot of sheep. So every morning the shepherd would come by and he would open the gate and another shepherd would be standing there and, and he would count the sheep as they go out to make sure that he had all the sheep before he got out to the fields. And so uh, the shepherd would walk by and he would call into the, pig, into the, into the uh, sheep pen, uh, come on guys, it's time to go, whatever he did. Sometimes he'd have a little flute and he played and all the sheep knew the, knew the voice of the shepherd or the or the sound of the flute, and they would walk out to the fields together, all 100 of them in this story. And so as, they, as they're out there and it's time to come in, uh, the, the shepherd uh, blows his whistle again, and, they, and the sheep start following him back in, and they go into the, into the sheep pen. And as they're going in, though, the shepherd counts to make sure he has all 100, and he counts this day, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, and there's no 100. So he closes the gate and he goes out and because he, he has one sheep that's missing, he goes out into the fields right uh, where they were and, and he starts looking for them. And, and perhaps the little sheep may have fallen into, uh, into a crevice of, of, of stone and, and may not have been able to get out and was crying out for help. And so he took this, the crook of his, of his, of his uh, shepherd's staff and he pulled it out and then he put the sheep on his shoulders and, and he walked back to the pig, to the, to the um, again, my story is mixed up. Uh, to get where the sheep were. And he did that because he needed to have all 100. Now, it's very interesting if you look at uh, the end of the story, and that is that the Scripture says in verse uh, 6 and 7 uh, that when the shepherd found the one lost sheep and he brought it back, 
What did they do next? Anybody tell me? They celebrated. They had a party. I like the word party better. I think they had a hearty party. And so they had the party. And so then, then we're told the story, the second story, picking up with Luke 15, verse number 8. And it's the story of the woman who has ten precious coins. And one day she goes to look at her ten precious coins, and it's, uh, there's only nine of them there. And so she uh, goes and starts looking and sweeping and cannot find it, turns the house upside down and still cannot find it. But she keeps on looking hour after hour, day after day. Finally, she finds that lost coin. And when they have that last coin, when she finds the lost coin, what does she do? She takes it and puts it with all the other nine. Then what, then what does she do? She has a party. It's a pretty popular theme. And then we come to the third story. The third story picks up Luke 15, uh, beginning with the 11th verse, and it goes through verse 31. And it's a story of the uh, rich man who is there, and he is prosperous, and he has uh, two sons, uh, uh, one son who was uh, uh, very much a part of what his father's dream was for him, and a, a second son uh, that I can relate to really, really well, uh, the precocious son, and the precocious son said, uh, Dad, I want my share of the inheritance. And the father doesn't argue, so he gives his inheritance. And that son uh, takes off uh, uh, going towards Las Vegas, he got to, got to Las Vegas and he started spending all of his money on wine and women. Uh, we're a PG crowd today, so I'll leave it at that. And, and so as they got to, uh, as he started spending all his money, he had lots of friends and he has lots of friends uh, until when? Until he didn't have any more money. And then uh, he, he couldn't find a job. And so here's a good Jewish boy and he's doing what? He is slopping the pigs. Good Jewish boys and pigs just don't go together. And so um, he's finally laying there uh, wondering, okay, what the heck am I going to do? And as he's figuring this out, he says, you know what? The servants back home were my, uh, for my dad, the guys that work for my dad, they have it far better than I do. So I'll just go back and I'll tell my dad, you know, dad, I want to be a servant. Just allow me to be a servant. Uh, you don't have to do anything special for me. And I love what the story says. The story says that the father sees his son coming from a distance. And the father runs to the son. And when he gets to the son, he, 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 he doesn't say, you know, where the heck have you been? What have you done with yourself? He doesn't show frustration. He doesn't show anger. What does he do? He says to another servant, hey, go get the family robe and put it around my son. Go and kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party tonight. And go and get the signet ring, the, the ring uh, that has an emblem on it that when you put it in wax, it's just like the black American Express card today. It's perfect. And the, and the son said, dad, but dad, I don't deserve this. And he said, no, you don't deserve this. But this is my gift to you. So let me ask you again, can you be honest with yourself? Can you be real with yourself? Can you be authentic right now? When was the last time you were far away from God? When was that time in which you spoke words against God? Actions against God. Mercy is undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. 
You'll never deserve it. You'll never earn it. And God is simply saying, you have been lost, but now you have been saved because you have been found. What is God speaking into your heart right now? Some of you might be experiencing some pain because you really have been suffering, carrying this baggage of, of, of anger and hatred against God. Uh, you know, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Uh, well, we have to confess, guys, it's because of our stupidity. My stupidity. So I think it's interesting that at the end of each of these stories, they have a party. And so here's reality. Here's what I believe with all my heart, body, mind, and soul. That when, another, when one person crosses over the line of faith, when one person crosses over the bridge of faith, that a person, in, that the people in heaven are having a party celebrating that we have become close to God once again. God wants to have a party for you. God wants to have a moment in time in which you can celebrate an intimacy with God that you've never, ever experienced before. So how is it, let me just go through this very quickly, how can you connect with God today? How can you connect with God's mercy today? Write this down real quick. I don't have much time, just write it down quickly. Here's the first one. Get, when, when you've got to get fed up with your current reality. You've got to get fed up with your life. Many of you know that I, 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 I've, I've had a lot, of, um, uh, a lot of experience with alcoholics and addicts, just a lot of experience. And uh, my brother, um, who's now been clean for, um, gosh, 28, 29 years, he was an addict to heroin, alcohol, you name it, he had it. And he, he, he's, he's the first to tell me, until a person is ready to give it up. They're not going to give it up. So what is it that you need to get honest with about your life right now? What is it that, wh how can you get fed up with your current reality? God, I, I'm broken. God, I, I, I spoke this. God, I did this. God, I, how can you just get honest with God? The second part of that is, is that we have to confess our sin. We have to own up to our sin. The scripture says uh, in the third story, uh, that, uh, that, the, that the, 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 the son, the second son who went away, that he, uh, when he finally came to his senses, is the way the phrase goes, he had a confession. Right now, I invite you, in a few moments we're going to celebrate Holy Communion. I want to invite you in a few moments to have a moment of confession and say, God, here is where I have sinned and fallen short of you. Here is what I have done and fallen short of being connected with you. This is my confession to you that I want to separate myself from my past, and I want to be able to have something fresh and new in my life today. And that happens when we claim God's mercy. And here's the third. You simply offer yourself to God. You offer yourself to God. You know, in verse 12 of the, of, of the story of the prodigal son, he said, give me my inheritance. In verse number 19, he returned and he said, Father, give me mercy. 
And then in verse 23 and 24, it says, Filled with love and compassion, the father ran out, put the robe on him, gave him the ring, and he had a party. Folks, where are you broken today? Where do you need to confess? What do you need in your life today that you don't have because you have never, ever given your heart, your body, your mind, and soul to God completely? God's mercy is sufficient for you this day to wash you pure as snow. So how much does God love you? How much? Enough that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you. That's how much God loves you. That's how much you matter. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not what? Perish or be lost but have eternal life. God's mercy, undeserved forgiveness, unearned kindness of God. Don't let this moment go by. Have a moment as you receive communion today of being drawn near in faith with Christ through God's mercy for your life. Amen?